Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you will, and I hope you are enjoying this 2022 fantasy footy preseason. As we're almost at the halfway marker, no, we're past that well and truly now of the 50 most relevant it is the downhill skiing territory for old school fantasy coaches it is brent stanton season because it's all downhill from here joining me on this episode to talk about one of his favorite players i promise we'll get some unbiased perspective no doubt it's louis hello mate how are you oh what a privilege md thank you very much mate good to be talking about zaki butters been uh, one of my favorite players really since he was drafted it's crazy to, to think uh, when we look back at that 2018 Super Draft that so much was made of the Super 7 and yet you could arguably build this case, Louis, that Zach Butters could be better than any of the three, including Connor Rosie, that they drafted in this year. He could be that good of a player. Oh, right there with Sam Walsh, MJ. Couldn't, couldn't agree more, Okay, I'm mate. changing your name to Kane Corns <laughs> now, mate. Look at you. Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. Oh, I pre- He's just such an incredible footballer, and, and it's why Port Adelaide fans and, and a big bulk of the fantasy community uh, are super fans because they see this player um, who is evasive, who is crafty and clever, but then he's damaging that wherever he finds himself on the ground, whether it be inside that forward 50 opposing defenders are sweating and panicking on exactly where he is, let alone the other damaging tools that are inside that Port Adelaide forward line. Or as we saw at times last year, and we'll talk about where he's projected to go in 2022, when he was playing through the midfield, not just as a centre bounce midfielder, opposing coaches were anxious about what to do with him. He he shows so much promise and pedigree that is for sure he is forward eligible for us that was never in doubt but last year he did give us some career high fantasy scores as a 21 year old he scored a 119 against the bombers we will talk about that game no doubt very very soon in afl fantasy and dream team and a 163 in Supercoach in that same game and no surprise for at that point in time only a third year player those are career high scores in AFL fantasy and dream team. His average point is 76.2 while it's an 81.5 in super coach in that format. He's just under 450 K in AFL fantasy at 639,000 while it is just $300 shy in dream team of $650,000. And Louis, we kind of joked about it a little bit at the start of the episode, but I don't think it's hyperbolic whatsoever. If you were to do, and redrafts are one of those fun content things that you do in off season or heading into drafts. And this is no slide on Connor Rosie. And I know you're, you're a Port Adelaide fan, the only one on the coaches panel. Um, so we're definitely keen on your take here, but it's probably not hyperbolic to suggest that Butters might even get in a redraft picked ahead of Connor Rosie, which is again, no slide on what Connor has been and will be. Oh, it'd be no surprise at all, MJ. We're talking about a guy who made the All-Australian squad at 20 years of of age. So uh, he's clearly rated um, not just in a fantasy sense, um, as you can see with all the hype that's sort of coming this year, but in a football sense as well. I mean, all the experts out there that know more than us, MJ, have Mm. all rated him 
uh, one of the top 40 players in the competition as a 20-year-old. So there's no surprise there. And, you know, if you go back to that top 10 from that super draft or top 12, I uh, think is what Butters was picked at. Uh, mm. How many of them have actually made an All-Australian squad? Probably uh, only a handful there. So, no, you're spot on with that. No, he, he's an exceptional talent and, and Port Adelaide fans are, are very lucky that they, they believe they're going to have him for a long time at their football club. Keeper coaches are very excited. And in salary cap formats, well, this could be the year that we see the breakout. Injuries really did rob us of that third-year breakout, but there are enough signs to suggest that as he enters into year number four, that consolidation to premium status is well and truly on the cards. Last year, from those games that he did manage to play, just 10 of them too, by the way, an average of 76 in AFL fantasy and dream team, one ton and four or more 80 plus scores. You look at that and go, boys, that's not that exciting. Two of those games are are sub-affected. One subbed in, the other injury getting subbed out of the game. While in Supercoach, an average of 82 with just the one ton and four more 90 plus. And there is that injury impact game against that matchup against the Tigers. He then missed multiple months with that knee injury. Um, but what's got coaches excited is I think a couple of things, Louis, and I'm keen on your take here, was that round two clash against the Bombers. 36 possessions, six tackles, three marks, a goal, and that personal best score of 119 in fantasy, 163 in super coach. The other is what he was actually doing pre this injury in contrast to what happened when he was working his way back. Remember, in that game against Richmond, I think it was either very late in the second, Louis, or, or early in the third, that he was actually subbed out of the game. So he was he was braining it for us in this game. Here's the pre and post splits. Pre-injury, averaging 84 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 103 in Supercoach. After the injury, 70 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Remember, there's a game that he came in and only played 50% of it. 67 in super coach. I think we look at that bombers clash. We look at those pre-injury numbers and right there, not even counting that all Australian 40 squad season of 2020. That's what's got coaches excited about him. Oh, 100% mate. Um, I mean, you only have to look at the center bounce attendances that he attended rounds one to four. It's probably the first time we've actually seen Zach butters in there lining up in 2020. He was more of a high half forward, uh, um, running up onto the wing and into the guts, but never really starting there. He's making a lot of impact on the scoreboard as well. But after a bit of hype, it looked like 2021 was going to be the season when we saw him in there, and we did. Um, yeah. So rounds one to four was 20%, 23%, 20%, and then that round four game where he did get injured versus the Tigers, MJ. 31% in a game where he was injured uh, very late in the second quarter. And you only have to look at his scoring in that game, uh, 83 fantasy points. Yeah, 57% uh, time on, on ground. Yeah. So it's... we've seen what he's been able to do. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that knee injury was what sort of tapered his scoring later on in the season. And he wasn't really able to get back to his best just because you know you lose a lot of fitness in that time. Um your team's played, what, 10 rounds without you. They've found different dynamics. You're trying to mm-hmm. get into the pace of AFL football. But in that time, we still saw some really hopeful glimpses. And that's why we're looking at picking him in 2021 because sometimes you do have to go by the eye test. It's it's not all numbers. And no. what we saw very early on is perhaps a sign of something to come. 
It is. And, and there, there's some signs that we did get towards the back end of the year, round 20, round 21, and round 22. These are his scores across the formats. 88, 90, and 91 in Dream Team and Fantasy. 94, 76, 96 across the formats. If you're curious on what that's looking like from a time on ground perspective for Butters, 33, 30, 39. Um, in terms of center bounce attendances and then time on ground through those really important games, 79, 85, 79. So, so you get this combination of pre-injury and then these games, just as he starts to build back in, we've got this guy who's in and around that ability to be that nineties guy through the forward line, who I think could even push up towards of a 95. He's shown he's got ceiling for us. And yes, every preseason, every player is getting hashtag more midfield time. But just in the past couple of days, he and others from the Port Adelaide um, footy club have been really adamant about not just him training through the midfield, but the intent to play him through there. Because the media narrative, Louis, coming off the back of last year, and I'm keen on your take as a, as a Port Adelaide fan here to um, be as unobjective as you can, but the narrative coming off that loss in the preliminary final was, Man, Port outside of Bokum Wines are, are really lacking a little bit of class and, and are really lacking some volume of depth through center bounces. I think one of the great solutions could be without the club having to go to the trade or to the draft is they've already got, I think in my eyes, a really viable solution to help change that narrative. And perhaps that, that's why they didn't go to the draft or um, secure a trade to that's bolster true. up their midfield. Um, when we look at the depth, we've got Ollie Wines, obviously the Brownlow winner. Yeah, Travis star. Boak, who's star. probably approaching a bit of a cliff, still yep. putting up great performances, but they're easily the top two. Then you Without, drop yeah. down, you've got your Willem Drew and your Carl Amon, who flow through there. They're pretty good. Yep, um, solid. But they're not really, you know, you need three main guys. And when you've got a gap like that, you start to, mm, you start to wonder... Then there's another gap. You've got your Xavier Dersma, your SPP, mm. your, your Rosies. Um, these are guys that aren't really mainstays in that midfield. So really, uh, someone has to step up. And I think Zach Butters is going to be that guy. Uh, you look at Port's forward line. Yeah. Conversely, you've got Robbie Gray, Stephen Motlop, Arazio Fantasia, Connor Rosie. These are all guys who are more than capable up forward. Absolutely. Um, and Zach Butters, even though he was playing that role in 2020 when he made the All-Australian squad, perhaps doesn't actually need to be in that role as permanently and can have more of a maybe a 70-30 split through the midfield forward line. Yeah, look, I think if I was a Port Adelaide fan or a fantasy coach that was on board the Zach Butters train, I'd want to see the centre bounce attendances around that 30% marker because it'd be there that he's getting his chances to use that craft. That's footy smarts, that, that ability to win contested ball. Um, and if he's not winning it, being the first touch option straight out of, of a wines or a boke or a drew that might be playing a bit more of an in and under, and then him using his speed and class to bring that ball inside forward 50. I think he's the perfect solution. He's almost a, a new and improved version of Robbie Gray, where you want to let Gray age gracefully um, as he gets to the twilight of his career. Still sure. Chuck him in for the odd center bounce in a, in a game or in a quarter. 
but but bring in the fl- the fresh blood of butters to play that heavy workload. Let Gray do the mercurial and be that pressure um, point for other teams to go. Okay, we feel like we've got the tools sorted. All right, who's covering Gray? Who's covering Rosie? Let Butters take that opportunity for a 35-65 split. There, he's got the opportunity to kick goals because Port in my eyes, are still in the premiership window. Let him do those damaging things. So I think those are where the upside elements are. The concern I have, Louis, isn't actually about Zach, and it's not about Port. The concern I have is this. Concern's too strong a word. Red flag is too far also. Hesitation might, might be an apt term. Just in the past few days, Supercoach and Dream Team, have not just indicated, have stated they are following suit with what AFL fantasy coaches now have got used to over the past few years, which is multiple in-season dual position player gains, which means if Butters goes 90, let, let's give him that. So that that's certainly a, a really strong points jump. That's 10 points on his super coach. 15 points in Dream Team and Fantasy. So a 94, it's still very, very, very good. But as AFL Fantasy coaches will know, and I know, Louis, that's definitely been a preferred format for you in the past, certainly in terms of your very strong rankings. A a 94 might just not be enough for us. Um, In AFL Fantasy, where we could run him for five or six weeks, make 50K and then pocket him to a premium, that's fine. But in Supercoach and Dream Team, even with the 35 trades, you're looking for your premium-esque players to last a little longer than six weeks in your starting squad. So for me, the hesitation is, what happens if we get a danger field? What happens if we get a five? What happens if, based on champion data, Petrarca's starting more off the half-forward line? Remember in AFL Fantasy last year, we got Josh Kelly after six weeks. What happens if that type of thing happens again, where all of a sudden we're getting a 105-110 midfielder that we can't miss out on. So the hesitancy I have around Butters isn't about him, but rather, can I commit to Zach at an F3 position point? I think F4 might be too heavy in your forward line. Can I commit to that knowing that at round six, round 12, round 18, I could be getting some absolute money guys that I can't miss on? Oh, you're spot on. Suddenly in those formats, you actually have to be a little bit more bullish on him. Obviously yeah. in AFL Fantasy, you've got two trades a week, three during the buys. Uh, you've really got quite a lot of room to move uh, mm. bar when you sort of get stuffed over by COVID, which has been the theme the last couple of years, Certainly unfortunately. Has. But um, at the same time, you may use that as an excuse to say, well, hang on, I've got these trades that I might need to use because of that as well. Yeah, uh, And if I'm starting Zach Butters in those formats and, like you said, a Dangerfield, a Fife, uh, a Josh Kelly suddenly yes. picks up forward status, you kind of hamstring yourself and you get stuck with a player who you'll be happy with. No doubt. But it's not going to be the strongest side you could have put out. And it's going to be mostly due to um, lack of planning at the start of the season. Yeah, and and nobody knows the players we will get. Again, AFL fantasy coaches will know that certainly... Th- the um, we've been told that it's champion data that's picking a more allocated and updated that, and you know, let's not let's not doubt that for a moment, but we're going to find out and see that over these other formats. So, 
yes, you've got 35 trades a week in, in not a week, that'd be amazing. 35 trades to use over the year in Dream Team and Supercoach. But where you could cop a 90 to 95 from Butters in AFL Fantasy, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I wrap up my side, I've got those two trades a week. I've got six or so trades to end the, the year. Yeah, I'll flip him over to the a guy go 95 or 100, and, and I'll cop that. In Dream Team and Supercoach, you still want to maintain these guys that are in that upper tier for as much of the year as possible. And with the Port Adelaide Footy Club having the round 12 buy, again, there's not a heap of forwards that we know of yet in the game. It's Essendon, Carlton, the Giants, Richmond, and St. Kilda. So he's certainly one of the better prospects from that buy round. But it's going to be fascinating to see how these new DPPs and the new strategies that come for these formats impact the way people have. So for me, I've cooled a little bit on butters in Supercoach and Dream Team because of that very reason. It's not about Zach. It's about what I think may happen around him that's just caused me to go, look, I'll watch. I might not get the 10 points per game of value that he's offering or 15 or even 20 because there is the ceiling world where he could push that. But, but I'd rather wait and see without knowing what is there. Um, but I'm keen on draft day, Louis, just exactly where he goes because it's an interesting line. There's some big stock guys that we know. Then the next crop is anything. And I think the range of where butters could end up um, it by season's end could be anything from a top six forward right through to just where he is now, which is kind of scraping in and around that 20 mark. Where do you feel comfortable drafting Zach Butters on draft day? What um, F position is he going? Look, I think with the, I mean, you've got the big dogs up forward who are going yeah. to be taking the first one, two rounds. And then, as you said, it drops off very quickly. And a guy with that kind of name value, yes. uh, that sort of hype, especially uh, we've seen articles on articles on articles so far. Um, he's going to be someone who probably gets whipped up pretty quickly. Uh, I'd be most comfortable with Zach Butters at an F3, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be worried about having it an F2 either. I think uh, he's got enough improvement there for me to be confident with that. And um, as we know in draft, it mostly comes down to the coaches drafting with you as well. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I, I think you're right. If you're bullish on Zach on, on you're bullish on the full emergence, because I don't know if we can say breakout, because you don't make the All-Australian squad of 40 and not being a breakout player. Maybe maybe fantasy breakout. If you're bullish on the 90 to 95 um, and you really, really want it, you must invest that F2 line. But if he's drifting out to an F3, I'm very happy, but you're not getting him any later than that um, because of all those variances, man. I, I'm with you. F3 is the dream. If you're bullish, you've got to go F2. He's a he's a phenomenal footballer. I think he's going to be someone that keeper league coaches love and want to have in their side for a really long time. And I think this is easy. I think he's going to go 90 to 95 for us across the formats. He's going to be a very good player. And the question, like I said, right throughout the episode is that might not be enough for us this year. But also it could give coaches enough confidence that he's going to be an absolute ripper. Hey, Louis, appreciate your work today on this episode of the 50 Most Relevant. No worries, MJ. Love being on it, mate. Mate, we love having you a part of the coaches panel. We love having you on these podcasts. If you want to go and read any of the other articles of the players revealed so far, they are listed for you now at coachespanel.tv. You can check out the links for also our Patreon supporter group. It's where you get access to a bunch of different rewards, uh, exclusive cash groups, and a heap of other stuff. You can make sure you go and check that out. So tomorrow, 
the journey of the 50 most relevant continues. We hit number 23. And tomorrow on the podcast, another special guest. Stevie Fears of the Draft Doctors makes his way back into the 50 most relevant. And if you have listened to any of the Draft Doctors, specifically their midfield ranks, he's got a little bit of a hot take on this player. Some might even call it spicy. Who is he that Steve and I chat about on the 50 most relevant? You have to wait till tomorrow.